Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Caroline. Today, as Women's History Month is winding down, we're presenting the final episode of our Changemakers series, where we have talked to an incredible group of inspirational women. And we really hope that the series has given you as much inspiration to go out there and make a change in your world as it has for us. And so today's theme for the final episode is No Dream is Off Limits. And Regina Wilson, who we're talking to, is a living and life-saving example of this. Yeah, Regina Wilson is absolutely both personally and professionally inspiring. So she is one of just 44 women total out of more than 10,000 firefighters and officers in New York. And she's one of just 10 African-American women on the total force. Plus, Wilson is just the second woman to be assigned to her station. And she also recently became the first female president of the Vulcan Society, which is a fraternal order for African-American firefighters. So she is just making history left and right. And Caroline, I mean, it's not terribly surprising that she is one of very few people fighting fires who looks like her, considering how across the United States, women make up just 3.4 percent of firefighters. So uh, whichever way you look at it, I mean, this is an unconventional job for a woman to choose. And in fact, Regina Wilson never expected to become one. Uh, before I became a firefighter, I was working for um, the, the company is called National Grid now. But when I was working there, they were called Brooklyn Union Gas. And I was working in the Treasury Department in Brooklyn Union Gas. It was a, a not an easy transition, especially from the 
perspectives of coming from corporate America and um, not being a part of a job that was so physical. So it took a while for me to understand really the nature of the job and to also just submit to the fact that uh, my career path was changing. But um, I was recruited at the, uh, it was called the Black Expo at the Jacob Javits Center, and the fire department had a recruitment table out, and um, some of the recruiters were speaking to me about how there were very few African Americans and females on the job, and so I didn't understand why that was, because firefighters were always held in high regard, and uh it seemed to be an honorable and an admirable job, and I didn't understand why African Americans and women didn't really take a look at this career path. So it just it intrigued me. I wasn't quite sold on it, but it intrigued me. But it wasn't until I developed mentors, some females and um, male firefighters, that I decided to go ahead and go through the process. But getting to that point, was not automatic. It wasn't a given for Wilson or for many other women on the force. Yeah, I mean, there's a good chance that if you are a female firefighter, as soon as you walk into the station, you're probably going to face some type of discrimination, unfortunately. This is something that we talked about in our Stuff Mom Never Told You podcast a little while back on female firefighters. And in that conversation, we highlighted a study published in the International Journal of Diversity, which found that when women are hired by a fire department, 85% say that they were treated differently. And in addition to maybe being treated in your interactions with your coworkers differently because of your gender, there are also just issues related to so few women being on the force. So you have ill-fitting equipment and sometimes even uh, stations that don't have bathroom facilities for women to use and clean up privately. And in comparison, though, just 12 percent of men report experiencing any kind of discrimination on the force. So clearly there there are some unsavory dynamics at work. And that's something that uh, Regina Wilson has absolutely had to deal with. I mean, and that's part of the story she tells today, too. Well, some of the negatives actually started pretty early and um, not even so many. It was negatives from people, but it was also a negative view from my surroundings because when I went to go and take the written exam, I was the only woman sitting in the room and it was you know, the auditorium before I even went into the individual rooms to take the test was filled with white men. Um, you can count the amount of black people that were there and and really count the amount of women. So it was an intimidating atmosphere and um, it was it was very few people that looked like me there. So, you know, I really had to make the decision in my mind not to leave and to take advantage of the opportunity. But just during the whole process, you know, people already with their own um, uh, stereotypes of what a firefighter is or what they look like, you know, already condemned me for being a woman and wanted to take this profession because they thought that I wasn't strong enough or I couldn't do it or I wasn't what that ideal person looks like. So you hear, you know, 
you hear it from firefighters and you hear it from the public when they tell you, oh, you can never save me, you can never pull me out, um, you know, women can't do this job. But I knew that I went through the training, I, I went through the 13 weeks, and I walked across the stage and I shook the commissioner's hand and he and the fire department of New York certified me to be a firefighter, so I wasn't going to let anyone else tell me that I couldn't do my job. So I didn't let anyone with their negativity or the fact that maybe they couldn't do the job uh, get in the way of me uh, fulfilling the dream. And in talks that she's given, Wilson really frames this as a bunch of negatives and negativities. But what's so fabulous about her and what I think I personally and a lot of us could stand to learn from her is that she's so adamant that she uses the negativities around her to build her up rather than letting them break her down. And so she talks about the harassment and discouragement that she faced from her drill instructors. And she said that the negativities from those guys built her up because, quote, I had to let the world know that African-American females can do anything. And so we asked her to explain a little bit more about proving herself and building on the negativities rather than being broken down by them? Well, it it really started out with, uh, I feel when I first went into the training academy as uh, as I can't fail uh, type of attitude when I went in because when I first went in, I was the only African-American female to be hired since the original women came in in the early 80s. So it had been a 15-year span before the last African-American woman was hired. So I I went in knowing this, and I went in knowing that I couldn't fail. Even though I, I was in my bathroom crying, um, I didn't, I couldn't, um, I didn't I sometimes contemplate it, uh, you know, walking out and not fulfilling it. But uh, I think you know, the negative, the negative talk, um, and the, my righteous indignation of knowing that I should be here and I belong here is what kept me here. So I was the only, uh, African-American female in my class and my class was over 300 people. And there were only seven African-Americans in the class. So it was very, uh, it was not, you know, easy for me to hide. Uh, I very much stuck out like a sore thumb, and they, at times, made sure that uh, that I knew and was reminded that I wasn't wanted there because there was a few people there that 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 um, singled me out and um, and tried to break my spirit, but I wouldn't let them because I knew that passing this was bigger than me. So Wilson joined the New York Fire Department in 1999. Again, she was just the 12th African-American woman to make that cut. And just a few years later, a pivotal moment in her career came with 9-11. She was actually one of the first responders, but it wasn't necessarily supposed to be that way because she actually traded roles with one of her coworkers that day, and, and he ended up being one of the seven members of her station who died on that day. And on top of the lasting, uh, understandable impact that the experience of being a first responder at the Twin Towers had on her, she's also been very much visibly campaigning for women's roles in 9-11 
to be recognized as well because it's it's taken a long time. I mean, even back at the the tenth anniversary of it in two thousand eleven, there were finally articles highlighting the roles of female firefighters like Regina Wilson or police officers, um, female members of the Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms Agency, uh, EMTs, clergy and journalists who were all there on that day. And personally for Wilson, I mean, it really crystallized the reason why she was doing what she was doing. Well, being a 9-11 responder, uh, I think it helped me to understand about life lessons, especially when dealing with time and dealing with life and understanding really how precious it is and how quickly it could be taken away from you and learning how to value moments and learning that you have to do whatever you want to do in life right now because you may not have that opportunity or you want to take life as it is and build on it, make yourself a better person try things that you've never thought to try before, like allow yourself to dream and make mistakes and get back up and, and, and then reach it, you know, because if you don't take care of it now, life is going to just keep on moving or it will be taken away from you and you will not be able to fulfill the desires of your heart. And it's important that you do because we only have one opportunity. We only have one go around at this life and we need to seize the moment. But now if we pull back from September 11th, 2001, which was such a pivotal moment for Wilson, and we look at the relatively short history of professional female firefighters, we see how just like Wilson, they've had to fight for their jobs, even get an opportunity to put out fires and save people's lives and transform communities in the process. And the 1970s was really the blazing or trailblazing, I should say, decade for female firefighters. Uh, for instance, in 1974, a woman named Judy Brewer became the first paid career female firefighter in Arlington County, Virginia. And she told NPR not too long ago that when she applied to just volunteer at the fire station, quote, I was told essentially to go back to my kitchen. It was no place for a woman. So that was the kind of environment that Tony McIntosh in 1976 was stepping into in Pittsburgh when she became the first African-American career female firefighter. And then just a couple of years later, in 1977, then-law student Brenda Berkman, who is a fellow maker, by the way, over at uh, makers.com, she sees that the New York Fire Department is accepting applicants and they're under a ton of pressure from the courts to diversify. And so in an effort to diversify, they are heavily rec- recruiting black men, not women, not white women, not black women, just black men. And so in 1978, Berkman brings a gender discrimination lawsuit against the New York Fire Department under the 1964 Civil Rights Act after all the women who were attempting to get on the force failed the physical portion of its firefighting test. And the test, by the way, had been retooled and based off of the incumbent male firefighters' abilities. And finally, in 1982, a judge ends up ruling in favor of the female plaintiffs in Berkman's case, but not after a massive press controversy and demonstrations, some of which were led by the firefighter unions who had no interest 
in women joining the force. Um, but then in November of that year, 11 women, including Brenda Berkman, graduated from the firefighting academy. And Brenda Berkman went on to serve 26 years and become captain after enduring all sorts of harassment. And Berkman is is one of the people that Regina Wilson cites as a role model. I mean, she recognizes that if it weren't for her and others, you know, paving the way that she wouldn't be where she is today. Well, some of my role models in firefighting were definitely uh, the original women that came on the job, uh, like the Brenda Berkmans, the Ella McNairs, uh, Cecilia Cox, uh, uh, Katrina Cannon, uh, all of those women, um, Harriet, those are the women that were the backbone for me, um, uh, and, and they wanted to make sure that uh, they instilled in me all of the things that they had to go through. I stood on their shoulders. They had to deal with being sexually harassed and abused, uh, dealing with um, fighting other guys and getting stabbed in the hand, getting threatened to be thrown off the roof. Uh, wives picketing in front of their firehouses and the mayor and your own union against you saying that we that women were going to uh, kill New Yorkers. So they went through a whole lot more than I did, and I definitely stand on the shoulders of, of greatness for them. And I think it has always been my goal right now is to never allow those images or the things that they suffered to, to, to go in vain without allowing myself to make a difference and to allow especially more women to have these opportunities that they, some of them really gave us their life for. So despite the work that women like Brenda Berkman did, despite the harassment that they had to face, despite the assumptions that they had to fight about women's abilities and strength to be able to save lives, Wilson herself is still fighting an uphill battle about those assumptions. It seems like people can't really wrap their head around someone looking different than what a firefighter is, quote, supposed to look like. Yeah, which is ironic considering how if you see a team of firefighters putting out a fire, considering all of the equipment and all of the smoke, all of the things happening, it would probably be pretty hard to pick out which ones are men and, and which ones are women, as as Wilson talks about, as a perk of the job. She says that aspect actually helps with the gender discrimination. To me, uh, it's two things. One, I feel like it's sad. I, I think it's sad that especially women who we put limitations on other women and we tell other women what they can and cannot be because they themselves are afraid to do it or they've been so brainwashed with with having limitations on their own lives that they instill them on other people who are knocking down doors and, and breaking down barriers. So when other women come to me and say that you shouldn't do this or you should look like that or this isn't what you're supposed to do, I, I find that more hurtful than anyone else. But secondly, um, I've been in the fire department for 17 years, and I've grown not to care. So I don't really, um, I'm at the stage in my life where I really don't care what people think. I know that the, the, the goal and the, 
and the purpose that I'm supposed to serve, and that's what I do. So I live for how I feel and what's comfortable for me and that I'm here and I'm blessed and I'm allowed to be free so I can do what I want to do whenever I want to do it and I can look how I want to look, any way I want to look. But when you decide to allow other people and their hang-ups and their misconceptions or the fact that they they don't think that they're beautiful, they're not beautiful, so they put that on you, don't allow anybody in their own hang-ups now become your problem. You know, you got to be strong enough to know who you are and feel comfortable in it and move forward. So it should be pretty apparent at this point that Regina Wilson doesn't take any guff off of anyone. This woman is determined to do whatever she puts her mind to. And, you know, Kristen and I do get the question a lot from Sminty listeners about how can I speak up for myself or how can I stand up for myself when I'm the only girl in the room or the only person in the room who looks like me? And so we obviously wanted to get Wilson's advice for girls and women who feel that way. Yeah, I think it's it's going to come a point in time where, you know, you're going to have to take a stand. You're going to have to put like your line in the sand and you either don't let anyone else cross it or you stop people from either treating you bad or, or silencing you or not allowing you to speak your mind. Because when you, when you decide to take all the intelligence and the beauty and the, the beautiful thinking and you allow it to stay to yourself, no one can truly know who you are. You have to be able to express yourself and you shouldn't allow anybody to tell you that you shouldn't. No one should tell you to shut up. No one should silence you. And no one will know the true personal essence of who you are until who you are comes out of your mouth. You have to be expressive. You have to be creative. Um, all of those, all of these women that have done amazing and phenomenal things, have they been fearful? Yes. But the difference between someone who does not step out on faith and someone who does, the one that does are, are trailblazers and creating history and are changing the world. So if you want to be someone who changes the world and make a stance and you want the world to know who you are and you want to make this world a better place, you're going to have to speak up. And we have a hunch that some of Regina Wilson's wisdom that she's passing along and that passion that she has traces back to the women in her life. Um, in her Maker's video interview, she talks about how influential her aunt and particularly her grandmother were in raising her and how she worked so hard because she always wanted to make her grandmother proud. And these women were also role models for her outside of the Brenda Berkman's. You know, she had these strong women in her family who set positive examples for them as well. Well, I would have to say my role models um, have have been uh, my grandmother, uh, my aunt, and then I have some friends whose mothers became my mothers. And I think um, during those times, they have always tried to instill in me that um, I can do whatever I want to do. But it's hard for a kid to hear that because it becomes so cliche. Like you can be, you can grab grab the moon and, and shoot for the stars, but um, until you really believe it and until you really uh, sit down within yourself and know that what they're telling you comes from people that love you and want the best for you, that then you'll have to step on faith and know that 
their strength is what's going to probably push push you through. So those are the people that I hold on to that want me to succeed, that want want the best for me, and I try and leave all the negative people behind. So I would have to say my my aunt did that, and and my grandmother. You know, my mom was um was was a young mother, and and didn't have a lot of direction and didn't really know how to raise children. So um, I was glad that um, uh, God put my grandmother and my aunt in my life to raise me. So in a in a role where she is one of so few women, one of so few African-Americans, and she is working around the clock to save people's lives, we wanted to know what kind of self-care, if any, Wilson practices in order to let off a little steam, maybe recuperate from those long physical days that can take a really heavy emotional toll. Well, I think for every woman, it's a little different. Um, my life is crazy. So um, with just uh, being a firefighter, being an advocate for women and for people of color, and being the president of the Vocal Society, um, my my uh, my time and minutes are are filled up with just trying to advocate for those who have a hard time speaking up or have been pushed around by the system. So, um, but I try and find um, some me time. So I love to travel a lot. Um, I like to go out of the country. I like to go on cruises. I've probably been on 27 already. And um, I love to get my manicures and pedicures and massages. So whenever I'm, I'm able to uh, uh, partake in some of those things, um, I, I try to in some way instill some balance because you have to have balance. So thank you so much to Regina Wilson for talking to us. Caroline, she was so inspirational and encouraging to talk to. Like, do I want to go and fight fires? No. A, I'm scared of heights and I could never climb up on one of those ladders. <laughs> but I love the perspective that she has of of just saying, well, why not me? Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, they're, oh, they're only... 44 women in this entire forest out of 10,000. Okay, why not me? I can do it. Yeah, I love from her Makers video on the Makers website when she's answering this hypothetical concern about, oh, women can't do this work. You can't save my life. She says, just just let me pull you out, save your life, and then you can determine whether I did the best job once you're alive because I came into the building to save your life. I love the confidence and the the well, the deep well of internal strength that Regina Wilson has. Yeah, physical strength, internal strength, strength all around. And that's one of the reasons why she talks about no dream is off limits and Hearing that sometimes, hearing those kinds of aphorisms, if you're going through a rough spot or if you feel really powerless, can seem like such an empty promise. But Regina and and other people like her, the Brenda Berkmans of the world, I mean, they're living proof that it is true. No dream is off limits. So if you want to learn more about Regina Wilson, um, she encourages you to go check out the Vulcan Society's website, which again, she is the first female president of. You can go to VulcanSocietyFDNY.org 
And to hear more of her story and how she became the woman she is today, you can watch her video over at makers.com. And now we're curious to hear from you. Are there any firefighters in the audience or, or anyone who can really relate to that experience of being the only person in the room who looks like you? And how did you manage that? Momstuff at HowStuffWorks.com is our email address. You can also tweet us at MomStuffPodcast or message us on Facebook. And if you'd like to get to know Caroline and me more, we have all sorts of videos, blog posts, and hundreds of podcasts over at our website, StuffMomNeverToldYou.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This episode is brought to you by Pedigree. If you've been looking for love at first sight, it is closer than you think. It can be found at your local shelter. So this June 7th to 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions.